Hello, I'm Tony Lockwood, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to share real stories about my guest and I have supported organisations to deliver change and transformation, as well as sharing recordings from the Transformation Leaders of 1% Club Roundtable sessions, where we discuss better practices with the aim of helping you introduce these marginal gains that can make a massive difference to your performance and the outcome from any change initiative. In today's show, I'll share a recording of the latest roundtable. Enjoy and please subscribe. It really does help us to get this message out to more people. Hi, welcome to this latest uh, TLH roundtable. Uh, unfortunately, uh, today it's a recording. I can't do it live because I've got a commitment with a client uh, this morning. So apologies for that. Um, but I still wanted to share with you the um, roundtable event, which was focused upon the power of one. Um, so how can you get absolute clarity upon your one thing, um, which is a session that we've run in the past, um, but really, really powerful session that a lot of people get a lot of value from. So I wanted to share it again today. Um, so the format, is, as ever, is um, I will share some information. Because of the session um, being recorded, uh, we can't have the discussion that we would normally have. Um, but please do feel free to share your comments um, below um, in, in the comments box and get involved in the discussion that, that, that ensues. Um, it'd be really good to get your point of view and your input into some of the messages that we share today. So with that, um, thanks for joining. Again, apologies that we can't do it in, uh, in a live environment um, and we're doing this recording. Hopefully you'll get benefit, um, but please feel free to reach out to me and discuss any aspects of what we share now um, um, that you, know, you, you want clarification on uh, in relation to your specifics. So I'd be more than happy to, to chat that through with you. Um, so uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the, the, the session. So, so, so today's session is entitled the the power of one, uh, and 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 the sort of catalyst for this, I suppose, was a book that I read many many years ago uh, called The One Thing. Um, and I'm desperate; I've got it. I've got it on my bookshelf, and I, and I should have picked it up. Um, it's the guy who set up uh, Keller Williams, which is the uh, world's largest real estate agency. Um, with something like 120, 130,000 ag agents across the world. Um, and, and, and it is very much focused around, um, real, the emphasis is to identify one thing that you become really, really good at. Um, and and the, the book goes into a lot more detail. I definitely recommend that you, you, you read it if you get the chance. Um, but it was that was the catalyst for the thinking behind um, this, the power of one. And the more I started to look into it over the last few years, the more it became even more relevant to uh, business and career and, 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 and life in general. And um, so we're going to talk about what I think that means and how that, what that means from a business perspective and how you can start to um, embed that into either your business or into your career or in, in, into life. So uh, let, let's get into the detail and, um, and then we can, we can have a more uh, rounded discussion afterwards. So let me just share my screen. 
so can you see um the power of one now on the on the screen yeah yeah right okay so um so as i say really it's it's going to look at uh, what do we mean by the power of one for business so um really let's get a, a clarity um uh, around um um what your core offer could be if you're in business from your from your career what would your ideal project or what would your idea ideal employer look like and from life really how do you, what do you want to do in what in, in terms of the future what do you want to do to really where you can really deliver the most value and because that will give you significantly more back than, than, than anything else and 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 I, I, I frame, frame, starting to frame this uh, discussion. Uh, I, I did a LinkedIn poll um, earlier on in the week um, that started to well ask the question: Are you a generalist or a specialist? Um, and again, it was aimed at people like us working in project program change management. Um, and um, I haven't checked this morning, but yesterday afternoon, um, it was interesting. It was two third, one third split: sixty six percent, thirty four percent. Sixty-six percent generalist, thirty-four percent specialist, um, which I was quite surprised at to some extent. Um, but the comments and the discussion that uh, that uh, was coming off the back of it were really more insightful, uh, in my opinion, uh, because I think a lot of people that were calling themselves um, um, that were calling themselves generalist in terms of what they were doing, um, in many cases, uh, in, in my view, they they they, are, they were actually. Um, uh, specialist um, and it's it's really just looking at what that means um, um, for you and and and, and for uh, in terms of how you position yourself and how you position your business or how you position yourself in life um, I think that's 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 what we're going to talk about today so in um, just sorry I just thought someone else is coming in um, so in terms of um, in um, there is a in consulting in particular um if you look at the consulting marketplace um then 80 percent of um, consulting firms classify themselves as generalists they have got uh, service offerings across a whole range of different um, areas they've got uh, people within the consulting firm with different experiences working in different sectors etc cetera, etc cetera. and even the most uh, you know the one man two man three man band consulting firms will tend to be seen and position themselves as generalist um, um, 15 percent of them uh, in, in, in terms of the global market for consulting firms see themselves as specialists and they might be specialist in a particular sector on a particular issue or challenge. I was talking to, to, to uh, one person yesterday that had just set up a firm, uh, two, two people firm, um, and they were focusing very much around um, helping organisations um, get the best out of Salesforce uh, and Salesforce implementation. Um, so they're, they're specialists within the Salesforce uh, implementation world and in, in, in working with those organisations that have got Salesforce embedded within the business. Um, the next sort of level up um, are those that sort of position themselves as authorities within, within a particular market or a particular sector. Um, and, and again, they, they classify about 4%. And, and what happens there is that um, they become 
the uh, people that get a lot more press, get a lot more sort of um, um, interest. They get involved in podcasts, they get involved in um, uh, radio shows, TV shows, etc., etc., because they become that sort of um, organisation or an individual that is seen to be the go-to person um, if they want, to, if anyone wants to talk about or look at resolving issues within a particular sector or a particular area. Um, what, what I think is the real key for in, in, if you are building a consulting business is to really position yourself in that 1% bucket, which links to the 1% club, uh, but in that 1% bracket where you become the go-to person for a particular issue or challenge in a particular sector. So it's giving, it's it's niching down um, really, really clearly into a particular sector that you enjoy working in and that you get the most and you can deliver the most value, but also being seen uh, and to focus in on uh, one or a small number of particular challenges or issues within that sector. And in that case, you will become the go-to person within that niche. And it's a, it's a real way of being able to talk very clearly to a particular um, um, a customer segment or avatar in the marketing term, um, talking about their pain points or their opportunities and really positioning yourself in the best possible way. Um, and what, we, what, we, what you find when, 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 when you do that is people start knocking on your door? People start talking to you and engaging with you, and it's not about it's 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 not about outreach. It, you know, you can you get a lot more um, uh, opportunities coming and knocking on your door. Um, and those that do that um, in the early days of a consulting business can 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 leverage and grow quite quickly. And then once you've once you've once you've got that niche defined then you, you don't immediately jump into another niche. What you do, you just widen that niche and that focus uh, a little bit wider. Um, and, and it may be within the, in, in the same sector or go to a related sector. So, for instance, if you were focusing on, on rail, um, um, for instance, and you, and, and you can resolve a particular challenge, say, on... Um, um, Customer, customer engagement in, in, in rail. Yeah, what you would do once you've got a real sort of focus in there in a, in a, in a real sort of, um, um, a, a real sort of um, strong client base in there, you maybe go out to bus or you maybe go out to uh, airlines, but still talking about the same issues and the same challenges because you've got experience in, that, in, in, in a transport-related industry that you can then start to expand. And it's a way that you can start to leverage out your business in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very strong way. Um, and, and this is what we talk about within the 1% Club um, Mastermind Programme. Um, and as you can see here, uh, you know, the second part of the first phase of, um, of the programme, we talk very much about that one thing and have real clarity. And what I've just talked about is, 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 is a core part of, of, of that element. Um, so, so that was from a business perspective. So, you know, from, from a career perspective and also, you know, linking back to, the, uh, back to the business, how do you go about defining your one thing? So I think there's four elements to this. Um, the first stage is to really understand what your core strengths are. So um, what makes you unique? Uh, and, and you could say, and, and this is this is a question 
that when when I started to get involved in some of the discussion the other day um, on the, on LinkedIn uh, about the general specialist piece, I, I think this is where um, a lot of people were, were, were struggling. We were saying, so what makes you unique? Well, I'm not unique because I deliver programs and I deliver transformation, I deliver change. Okay, but what do you do? How do you do it? Do you focus on a particular sector? Do you have a particular um, a, a approach? There are, you, 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 each of us will have a unique style. So let's really get clarity about what makes you unique and, and what can you bring that others can't. And that's, uh, that's around the second part of this, which is your core experiences. Yeah. So if you can really start to get clear about your strengths and then really define what your experiences are, then that starts to make, make you unique because no one else has uh, 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 is, have got exactly what you've got. Um, so again, what your core experiences, what have you been involved in specific sectors or project types or you know, is it global or local focus? Is it a particular type of project that you've got involved in? Yeah. If once you get clarity about those two things, the next question is, what 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 are you most proud of? Of all the things that you've been involved in, and, and I, you know, I, when when I was looking prior to setting up TLH and doing this sort of thinking in my head around the all of the projects that I'd been involved in and where they'd originated from. Uh, and as I said earlier, 90 odd percent of them had come from the network. I've counted up probably about 40, 45, 46 individual initiatives that I've been involved in over the last 25 years. Some of which were, you know, short, sharp, three, four week engagements, others turned into two and a half years programs. But when I look back on all of those 40 odd uh, initiatives, a handful really stood out. And that and, and really sort of like, and I think if someone says, what have you done in your career? Those are the four or five things that I always bring out because they are the stuff that has made me proud. You know, I got involved in the launch of uh, EGG, the financial services organization. We went from a back office in Dudley to launching a, 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 a complete new brand in 10 months. That was a really exciting project. Um, and, 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 and it's looking at those sort of things that you've got really excited about that you look back and you think yeah that 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 that's 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 makes me feel really good about myself that i was involved in that really start to focus upon those and 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 think about that sort of wow what what was the what, what was great about the things that you got involved in which which did you really enjoy and then the final area is i've touched on it already is those that, that, that which projects, programs, initiatives, activities, do you really enjoy? Um, uh, was it a particular sector? So I know personally, you know, I've, I've done lots of work in different sectors, but the one, probably the sector that I've really enjoyed the most is the social housing sector because of the type of people that you work with. You know, they're, they're there because they care about the community and, and, um, and, and they're really nice people to work with. Challenging, but nice. Um, so it's understanding what you've, you've enjoyed, where you've enjoyed working, the type of organisation, the type of people, um, and starting to pull together those common elements. And it's my assumption that if you understand and map out your core strengths and understand and map out your core experiences and really identify those areas where you're really proud and you've really enjoyed them, the concentric circles, the bit in the middle, 
will be the stuff that you I think you should focus on and become your one thing because that you, you you've got the experience you've got your strengths you really enjoy doing it and they make you feel proud so you know, why wouldn't you focus in on those things if you can get more of those things does that make sense any, any questions before we go along on that yeah, Tony, it's Christian here. I think that makes perfectly good sense. And there's some really interesting things in here. And I think one of the things that stand out to me is on the core strength is what can you bring that others can't? Um, and I think the interesting bit there is that if you're able to put what I found for myself, when I'm able to actually put that down on a piece of paper and write it for myself, I kind of realize that, you know what? Other people can also do this, but how do I do this better than the person next to me? Yeah. Um, and what do I do that is different? And that also helps me when I'm in a situation where I need to go to a client or I need to meet with a senior or I need to engage with stakeholders to remove that imposter syndrome as such and look at, okay, you know what? I know what I can do. How do I get about making sure that you also understand what I can do is, is a slightly different thing. I'm not talking about my skill set. I'm talking about how do I engage with you so that you understand that we can deliver this yeah. with my expertise coming behind it. I, I really like the things that you put on here. It's really, really good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Any, any other comments before we go on to the, the life part of the, uh, of, of the three elements? Okay, let me, uh, let me continue then. So, so we've, I think I think that that you know that the piece that we've just done there is relevant from a career perspective, but it's equally relevant from a from a business perspective. Um, and the next one really I think is relevant across everything, um, which is what what we're what we're looking at here is the value of going deep but not wide. And 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 this this definitely comes from 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 the one thing book, um, and and. The, the, the premise here is that, um, and let's let's talk about social media, for instance, and, 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 and if you are in that world about trying to get people to engage with you, whether it's to um, stand out from the crowd, to, to pick up a, a new opportunities um, uh, for projects or for career, et cetera, or within business, trying to generate clients. Yeah. If you look at social media you, and, and, and you, uh, you're on, linkedin or facebook or any of them these days you get inundated with people telling you this is the way that you should do facebook or this is the way that you should do linkedin or blah 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 and and, and if you're not careful you try to take elements of all of those and do all of them i don't understand why my camera keeps going off apologies um so you, you do all of them and try to do um, and try to get um involved in every one of them and, and suddenly you're spreading yourself really, really thinly. Um, and what, what the one thing talks about, and what I think, uh, and I've learned certainly over the last few, 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 uh, few years, is that by just focusing upon one, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, or whatever it is, and really going deep and really understanding what works and what doesn't work, and, 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 and that sort of process of being, um, of testing and, and trying different things and, and evaluating whether they were and really embedding that and in, in repeating it and that sort of rinse and repeat process is critical. 
because you're getting far greater results far quicker by going deep than you ever will by going wide. And, and so then you start to say, okay, why do people go wide um, and, and, and not focus upon anything? And, and, and um, I suppose it's, it's uh, we, we've started to use this term of uh, for, uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, and um, you know, it's, I think it's as relevant here. We, we, we've, we've used it in the family because I, my, my daughter's 18 years, she's gone to university, she's getting involved in every bit of social activity that she can possibly be because she's got a fear of missing out. Um, and she's knackered by the end of the term. So, so she comes back home and she sleeps for the, for, for the period that, she, that she's home. But she's got this fear of missing out. And I think there's a part of that within um, what we do generally within life. We've got, you know, there's this sort of tendency to hedge ourselves and hedge our bets and really um, saying, okay, I'm going to tip my toes into all of these things to see what really fits best. And in reality, um, you, you, never, you, you never jump in. And you've just got to stop hedging and you've got to jump in and, and say, I'm going to put everything into this one thing until I get this working really, really well. And once it works it well, I automate it or I get someone else to do it for me and then I move on to the next thing. Um, and I think certainly when, in my experience, when, when I've done that, the results that I get um, um, are significantly better and they come through much quicker than they, they ever do if I'm trying to um, spin lots and lots of plates across different things. Um, so how do you go about that? Um, to some extent, just stop doing them. Ask the question, is this really, you know, being, being clear about where you want to get to, whether that's in business, whether that's in, in, in life, or whether that's in your career, having that absolute clarity upon the vision and your goals and, and, and on your objectives. And then asking a really simple question, is doing this, to, is, is doing this, will it take me closer to or further away from that vision? And if it's, if it's taking you further away from it, just stop doing it um, and focus upon the stuff that's taking you closer towards your end vision. Um, Sorry, Tony, very quickly on that point, have, yeah. uh, have you read the book, Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? No, I haven't. Oh, it's about, um, it's a it's sort of a business book, but it's written by an, an Olympian who uh, won the gold medal in rowing. And what they decided was that they weren't getting anywhere. So they decided they would look at every single thing that they did and ask that one basic question, will it make the boat go faster? Yeah. And it got obsessive. Um, with things like, if I go to that birthday party, will it make the boat go faster? So, and they wouldn't go, not just what they were doing in the, the boat itself and technique, etc. And they were brutally honest with each other. But in the end, they they won the gold medal because they focused solely on what makes that better. Yeah, and it was every everything they did in their whole. Uh, it, it went from outside of the rowing to their lives, you know, and they missed birthdays and, you know, uh, wedding parties and you name it. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a great book, really good. Oh, right. I need to read that. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, they apply it to business as well because yeah. he's become a business consultant about how to succeed. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, the, I suppose, where the term, a lot of um, the, the term sort of marginal gains has come from, from, from a lot of people. Um, and Sir Dave Bellsford uh, with British Cycling. Um, and and, and he, he was doing the same. He, he basically uh, absolutely, yeah. broke yeah. everything down to its component parts mm-hmm. and said, okay, how can we make a 1% improvement in each one of these areas? Um, on the understanding that if you do 1% everywhere, you get significantly more than 1% up, 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 uplifting performance. Um, and, um, you know, they, they were the first cycling team to go out and travel with their own mattresses. And so they would they'd be stated and, and, and he, he takes, he took the, um, I, I, I was at a talk with him many years ago and he was saying that when, when they, when they set up Sky, Sky um, uh, Cycling and Sky Team um, on the Tour de, on the Tour de France, they were the first ones to be taking however many uh, mattresses with them. And they were, they, 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 I, I was quite surprised at the time, but they stay in quite run down hotels on, on Tour de France, you know, they're, they're like travel lodges and stuff like that. Um, and uh, but they go in, they whip off the mattress in the in the um, uh, in, in the room and put their own mattresses down. Um, and they just and, and because of that, the the riders get a better sleep, they get better prepared, uh, and they can and they can perform better the the, the following day. Um, and it is these little little breaking everything down to component patterns. Then what can we do slightly different? And that's the premise of what we're doing here in terms of one percent club. It's like, yeah. can we look at implementing some simple techniques that can help you to be become a better version of yourself, whether that's in life, whether that's in business, or whether that's in career? Well, hopefully um, that has been useful. Um, the session, uh, as I say, we, we've done a number of times now, and the feedback is always really, really positive, and um, in so much that it helps people to get absolutely clear about their one thing. So again, if there's any questions that you have or you want to clarify anything that we've, uh, we've covered in a little bit more detail, specific to yourself, please reach out and, um, and let's get a call. I'm more than happy to, to explore this, this further for you. Um, and please do feel free to add your comments or your uh, observations below and get involved in the discussion um, that, uh, that we'll, 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 we'll answer. With that... Uh, Thanks for joining. Have a great week and uh, we'll hopefully see you live next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Transformation Leaders Hub is a community exclusively for those that work in change and transformation. A place to build your network, to share your experience and to open up new opportunities. We have a range of best practice guides, training and coaching available to help you achieve the most from your career. So if you're not already a member, go check us out. If you are like me, you will get to a point in your career when working from a project-to-project basis is not fulfilling you. That was me in 2017, and I decided to make the transition and build and scale a consulting business at that time. Since then, I've been supporting others to do exactly the same, and have recently created Is There a Consulting Business in You? Scorecard, a 22-question assessment across five core areas that provide you with a unique personal report highlighting the areas that require focus should you decide to establish a consulting business. It's totally free and you can gain access by going over to the website scorecard.thetransformationleadershub.com or by clicking on the links in the show notes. Let me know what you think. See you soon.